0: So, if you want to turn your Bibles really quick to John 14, I think I'm supposed to do this first because this will fall right in line um, and we can respond. But I started last week talking about the school of spirit. And uh, lesson number one is what did Jesus say about the Holy Spirit? And uh, there are five main things in John 14, 15, and 16 that Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. And, um, and so, we last week just thundered out a couple of things, but in this age between the ages, The believer's primary inheritance is the person of the Holy Spirit and the impetus and the leading. I mean, the the reward of you and I being saved is that we get the Holy Spirit. In fact, I said last week this. The reason that Jesus came to save you was because you don't have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is eternal life. Eternal life is the description of you getting the eternal one inside you. You and I were born dying. That's the deal. We were born dying. And it was primarily because we lacked the tree of life. We lost that through Grandpa Adam and Grandma Eve. But now through the gospel, Jesus has come not just to get your sins forgiven, but to make a place for his uncreated life to get inside you. It's stunning, really, that you and I get the Holy Spirit. We take it so light. We get the third person of the Trinity inside us, and it is the primary gift of salvation. And it is the primary thing you need to lean into to learn. I said last week, and Connie Dutcher called me on this, eh? but I said, if you don't learn the relationship and life with the Holy Spirit, you just might not make it to the end. And she kicked a message to me, and, and I said, yeah, I know it's an extreme thing. That's what we preachers do. We make extreme statements to make it. I, and she said, do you mean salvation? I said, no, I don't mean salvation. I don't want to talk about that. What I mean is, though, your destiny, your call, you enduring through the, I mean, we got, the fall is just going to be interesting. The fall, things are kicking up again, and we need the leadership of the Holy Spirit to get through what we're about to go through. And then the book of Revelation is going to unpack on us, and we truly need him. You need him just to live the Christian life, but more than that, we really do need him in these last days. And so let me say this. The Holy Spirit is your primary treasure. You should line up, lean into, sign up for being in the school of the Spirit. For too long, the church has operated by doing good things. We don't need to do, he doesn't need any more ideas on good things. He needs us to submit to his leadership. When I talk about the Holy Spirit, some people think I'm talking about tongues or gifts. I'm not talking about gifts. I'm not talking about fruits. I'm talking I'm talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. And I'm primarily talking about his leadership. John 8, 14 says, only those who are led by the Holy Spirit are the sons of God. And so it's the leadership of the Spirit that I'm primarily concerned about. Actually, that's my main motive for the prayer movement. It's my main prayer motive for, I mean, everything I'm doing at the larger church level is actually to get the body of Christ in a place where she can come under the government of the Holy Spirit. I want to pray, and prayer's good, but I think prayer, the Lord said it to me the first year of the prayer movement, when it was just starting to stir up a little bit, that his government operate, or his Holy Spirit government operates in a house of prayer, and so we're not just doing prayer because prayer's good, we're doing prayer because God made humans to talk to him. I've said before, I stole it from somebody, but I believe that prayer is the most human thing we do. (laughs) It's the most human thing we do. The creator made the creatures to talk with him. And so what we're trying to do in this house of prayer revolution and identity restoration is not just get lots of prayer meetings going. We're trying to get the body of Christ to talk to their God, to talk to their bridegroom. And so that's very simple, but that involves life in the Holy Spirit. So I hope you're enrolling in this school, I hope you're knowing the words of your king that said, It's for your good I go away. We'll get there to that statement so that I can send him the Holy Spirit and you learning life in him, responding to him, his checks, his promptings, what he's doing. This is the key to the kingdom coming, is that you and I respond to the Holy Spirit in every regard. And so we talked about last week and I didn't get there. I spent all my time on the introduction and I said there's five declarations that he makes about. The Holy Spirit, Jesus makes. And let me just read the five and then talk about one for just a couple minutes. Number one, in John 14, where I had you go there, in verse 16 and 17, he says, And I will ask the Father, and he'll give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. This is the greatest teacher ever on the planet talking about the greatest gift he's gonna give and I'm not downplaying his blood but I'm telling you the blood is a means to the end. The blood, and I, I mean that respectful, but the blood cleans us up so we can get the life, so we can get the Holy Spirit, so we can be with Yahweh. This is the bada bing, is us getting to that. Number two then he says in John 14, 26, a couple verses down, but the helper The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Number three, in John 15, 26, but when the helper, the advocate, the comforter comes, whom I'll send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he's gonna bear witness about me. Number four, in John 16, 8, says, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in me concerning righteousness because I'm going to the Father and you'll see me no longer and concerning judgment because the ruler of this world, Satan, is judged. Lastly, number five in John 16, and when the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears, he'll speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come and he'll glorify me for he will take what is mine he'll declare to you. We'll send these notes out, they're in your Bible, but these are the exhaustive, if you will, the the, the expansion of the teaching of Jesus on the Holy Spirit. You need to take each one of these statements, I personally believe, and slowly read them and savor the phrases and pray into them because this is really the great school, the great teacher that's teaching you about who is your great leader right now. And so I want to show you what I mean just really quick. I'm not going to teach on the whole thing, but the, I, want, I want to show you what I mean by looking at each phrase. Look at number one again. In John 14, you've got there in your Bible two verses. Two verses with about seven points in them. Jesus says this, and I will ask the Father. That's an awesome thing. That's Psalms 2.8. That there's going to be a Trinitarian prayer meeting. That's just astounding me. Jesus is going to come before the Father and say, Father, I want the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit for the church. You should take that phrase and meditate on it. That the transaction of you getting the Spirit, took him going through the cross, being killed, raising again, and ascending into the heavenly realms to have a holy prayer meeting. And I say it over and over, I want this video. Because this interaction was awesome. It had never happened in all eternity past. That the second person of deity, the word, who had taken on Adam flesh and had overcome sin, sickness, and Satan. Then passed through the last enemy, death, destroyed it, went up in a body, a body that will live forever, by the way. And had a prayer meeting at the throne of God between the, before the ancient days. That's stunning. He went in, but with, a, with that resurrection body, was in the throne room. The creatures are singing. The elders are doing their deal. And Jesus asked for you to have the Holy Spirit that's pretty good. And I'm going to get a video of that prayer meeting. I think in turn, I don't know how that works. He asked, what, did he, what was it like? Fired his eyes, and he's before the throne. Father, the Holy, I mean, they're one anyway. How they're interacting, Trinitarian interaction is just stunning. And he will give you another helper. I promise you I'm going to get an answer to my prayer request. He's going to do it, and I'm telling you what I'm praying for, is another paraclete, or Parakletos is the Greek word here. And the word another is important because they had already had one. He was one. He was being a helper who had come alongside this word that is like a legal advice. It's someone who comes alongside, and it's got a multiple dimensions of meaning, but it means one who comes as an advocate, as a helper. I love the word advocate, and some of the versions do that because the Spirit spoke to me in 2018 to be an advocate, lowercase me, for the advocate, uppercase, in the body of Christ. I think the Holy Spirit, I agree with Francis Chan, is the forgotten God. And we've been intimidated out of it because of manifestations and arguments over this thing. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit should be the primary leader in the body of Christ. And he has come, and he's going to be that helper, and he's another, just like Jesus was. Number four is to be with you forever. You should take that phrase and meditate on it. What Jesus just said was, I'm going to get him, I'm going to pour him out. And Peter tells us, read Acts chapter 2, because you get the visuals on it, that Jesus is be brought before the Father and received the Holy Spirit from the Father in a resurrection body and poured him out. That's what Peter says. He poured out from that interaction and that prayer meeting that happened in the Trinity. And he pours out the Spirit on the day of Pentecost, and he says about him, he will be with you forever. The Holy Spirit is your eternal companion. You need to get to know him. You need to interact your personality with his personality. He has feelings. He has thoughts. He's constantly wanting to dialogue with you. I I really think that it's a mm, a blunder spiritually. This is a big statement. I'm up for big statements. I think it's a bit of a blunder to to evaluate where you are with the Holy Spirit by the manifestation of certain gifts. And I say that because of this. I've seen people manifest gifts who had massive breaches in character. Massive breaches in character. But they could, they could move and speak in tongues like crazy. But they couldn't. I'm not. Listen, gifts of the Spirit are easy. The hard part is the lordship of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, second... Corinthians 3:17 The Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is your your greatest freedom is experiencing the lordship of the Holy Spirit. So I'm asking how you're doing. I think dialogue with him and responsive obedience to him is how you ought to evaluate where you're at with him. How is your conversation increasing with the Holy Spirit? This is the key to your prayer life. You don't have to come up with a bunch of stuff to say to God. you got to have dialogue and communion with the Holy Spirit. This is what will make your relationship life. So he's your companion forever, which is a glorious thing. Even the spirit of truth. And that word truth there is reality in the Greek, actually. It's more than a set of information. He is reality. The Holy Spirit sets the reality wherever we are. And lastly, whom the world cannot receive... The whole world system can't receive the Holy Spirit. What's the world's response to the day of Pentecost? Remember? They're drunk. It's more than just funny. It's more than just an observation that there must have been some ecstatic behavior. What's happening is they can't perceive this is a work of God. The Pharisees couldn't perceive that Jesus was the work of God. So they couldn't see, the world can't see and perceive the work of the Spirit and definitely can't know Him. And here's the last stunning statement You know Him. These guys got to be sitting there going, What in the world? You know Him. The one I'm going to go get for you, you know Him. For He has dwelt with you and He will be, what's the rest of the verse? Be in you. He has dwelt with you. I've actually been a tabernacle. Of the Holy Spirit. I've been the prototype, the first fruits of a race that would walk by the power of the Spirit. You know that's what Jesus did, right? Jesus put on a body that could sin, could get sick, and you could kill it. And he never trespassed the Lord. He lived by the power of the Holy Spirit. I think every one of his miracles that were coming out from him were by the power of the Spirit, not his deity. And he was moving by that, and he's a prototype of how that can happen. And now how we can have that access with him. He says, you've known him because he's been with you. I'm here. I'm here. It's going to be my very spirit. And he will be, this is the stunning statement, in you. So you take that statement and go, oh, man, he's in me. What does that mean? How do I relate with that? How am I dialoguing? How am I unpacking the glory of the Holy Spirit's personhood inside me? Not manifestations. That will take care of itself. I hang out with Amy and get to know Amy, babies show up. That's what happens. She, I just be with Amy. I was, Amy, are you in the room? I'm not. I know we get up here and we flirt with our wives sometimes, but she's not in the room. I was just, she was sitting across the room. I was like, oh my gosh, 32 years. I just, I'm so happy, so happy. I'm sitting in this room with that redhead. I was just so happy. She's actually hugely interesting and hilarious. How she looks at life and the angles and the nuances of Amy. I just like it a lot. And then I tend to want to hold her and snuggle and talk. And out from us come homes and babies and ministries. And, but it all isn't because we just did, 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 did. we did the relationship thing first. Does that make sense? I'm trying to make a point here, and it's getting awkward, I know. I understand that, but I'm, it's worth it to me. You interact with the Holy Spirit The gifts will take care of themselves. He tends to talk. He tends to manifest himself. Everybody's stressed about if they can do those things. Stop it. Get to know the person. And I tell you, Jesus has secured him for you. He has gone to the heavenly realms and got the God life, which is a God person, and put him inside you forever. Amen. Father, thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit. Now I'm asking for these sweet saints and the ones that will listen to this later. I just pray for an increased season of communion with the Holy Spirit. Second Corinthians 13, 14. May the love of God and the grace of the Lord Jesus and the koinonia of the Holy Spirit, the communion, be with you all. Lord, I pray that you would increase the dialogue of the body of Christ with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here. Forgive us when we're looking up to heaven and shouting, try, trying to get you to hear us when you're here. So I pray your hearness would become, we become more aware of it in Jesus' name. And I pray that you would take us into the school of the spirit that we might learn of you and be with you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.